0: As I began to dig through what we know about resilience and what we've learned over time, I began to find all of this wonderful research that was available that says, yes, you can. You can teach resilience, you can cultivate resilience, you can spread resilience.
1: I was in my early 20s when someone first said to me, my friend, you're so resilient. I didn't really know much about the word back then, but I've since come to know that resilience can be a game changer in your personal, relational and work life. Hello and welcome to Hungry Woman at Work, the podcast to help you thrive at work and hopefully in life without losing your soul. I am Naveel Molloy and I don't know about you, but I am all for a life hack that can help you thrive. If you're the same... Keep listening because we're sharing one today. So when my friend told me that she thought I was resilient those many years ago, it was in the aftermath of a very distressing few months. I'd just been dumped by the guy I'd been dating for years and found out that he'd been cheating on me. Mm -hmm. Our family went through a tragedy that emotionally wrecked all of us. And then to top it off, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. We dubbed that the year Ennis Horribilis. Thanks Queen Elizabeth for giving us that phrase. Now in the midst of such a horrible set of events, my friend couldn't understand how I was still functional, how I was still moving forward. In hindsight, it wasn't something I consciously thought about. I mean I didn't wake up and say, good morning world, I'm gonna resilience my way through the day. You know, when you're in the middle of a disappointment, a tragedy, a this didn't work out the way I hoped event, you have no idea when or whether at all there's a happy ending in sight. So for me, I guess it was almost instinctively the decision to push forward, to get up each morning, to say one little prayer, to take one next step, to do just One little next thing, no matter how small it seemed at the time. It was about moving forward, because quite frankly, staying with the way things were was definitely not the better option. Resilience has many faces. It looks like Madonna, one of our regular listeners who's created a scrapbook of rejection letters from jobs and scholarships she's applied for. She says she's using it as a memento for when she gets her big break. Yes, girl, it is coming, best you believe it. She uses that scrapbook to propel herself forward. And now it's become a way to inspire others who are still trusting patiently for their big break. Resilience looks like my niece, Lanique, who changed careers, started studying again, and saved up for years to pursue her dream to teach English abroad. Two months into living that dream, she tragically lost someone she loved and had to return home for the funeral. While being back home, the country went into a COVID lockdown and she was stuck in South Africa in limbo and unable to earn. But over those eight months, she took the steps of going through grief counselling, of learning skills and taking on odd jobs so that she could save up again. And when the borders reopened, she was able to get back on a plane and resume that dream interrupted. Resilience looks like my friend Anna-Marie, who at the age of 11 experienced the tragedy of losing her mom, and then a month later, her dad also passed away. How do you come back from that? I've always asked her. She said it was keeping the faith, having perspective, and by focusing on others. Today she's a dedicated wife, mommy, solopreneur, and a true friend who encourages others through their own process of grief. These are the faces of resilience, and I know there are many others, others like you, who decide to keep going, to not give up, even when the odds are stacked against you. Today's guest is all for resilience. Rashida Hatchett is a nurse and entrepreneur and the author of the Power of Organizational Resilience. She draws from her experience as a nurse and shares how resilience is crucial to working through grief and emotional trauma. That's the hack I was telling you about. The past two years have been an emotional roller coaster for all of us. And who knows how many more knocks or disappointments are on the way. I think we'd all benefit from building and growing our resilience right now. Keep listening. Rashida, you're a nurse, a coach, an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and a resilience expert. Now, I'll get to that shortly. But can you just start, I mean, there's so much to you, but could you give us a brief overview on who you are and your career journey up until now?
0: My career journey has been a lot of twists and turns. Nursing is actually... Uh, my second career, I started off my first job ever, believe it or not, I was a domestic violence advocate inside my high school. Wow. That was my first, very, very first job. And I did that um, for three years in high school, from my sophomore year through my senior year. That was where I got my initial um kind of helping people bug. Yeah. It's where everything kind of started for me. It's where I started speaking. It's where I started training. It is um it was that the ground that just cultivated everything that I was going to do later on in life and had no idea um at 16 what I was doing and and what it was going to turn into. I currently own two different businesses. My first business is a nurse business where I am going out into my community. And in our area, we have what are called adult family homes. So these are homes where up to six elderly folks live together um, and there are caregivers that are there that take care of them. So they're kind of like miniature nursing homes. Um, and, And that's probably the easiest way to put it. And I go into those homes and I teach the caregivers how to take care of the patients to keep them well and out of the hospital. So I teach them how to do nursing tasks, which is really fun because most of them have never been exposed to them before. So they're always super excited to learn how to do something fun like flush a catheter um, or or like give a tube feeding or something like that. So I absolutely love it. Um, I love the patients that I work with and I love my caregivers. They are amazing people who have made it their life's work to spend all of their time taking care of. Um, I say the least of these, those who are forgotten, they have added so much to our society and it couldn't run without all of their contributions. But um, as they age, they are not recognized the way they should be. So I left on
1: the fringes.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love what I do there. And then, of course, um, I am the CEO of Rashida Hatchet Media, which is a coaching and consulting firm steeped in my desire for nurse wellness and all things wellness. I work with lots of women who are in spaces where they're looking to up level their own wellness. And I do that through the lens of resilience. So that's me sort of in a nutshell.
1: So, I wanted to go back to the resilience expert. What what is that? Tell us more. I was so intrigued by that part of your title. Uh, so,
0: throughout my nursing career, um, I started to dig into the idea of using resilience as a way to help my clients move forward, and really looking at what that looks like and how you cultivate resilience within yourself, and then. Can it spread to other people? Is that a thing? Can we help other people to be more resilient? Are there things that we can teach people? Are things we can show people? Uh, Places where we can guide people that helps them to use resilience to bounce back from some of the really awful things that happen in life. But then can we move that into corporate, into work, into every area of our life? Is that possible? And as I began to dig through what we know about resilience and what we've learned over time, I began to find all of this wonderful research that was available that says, yes, you can. You can teach resilience, you can cultivate resilience, you can spread resilience. I love that. And that really is what took me to that next level of, okay, now how do I do this? So I really started to just dig into my own life and looking at all of the things that I had happened in my life. Um, for me, one of the biggest, most pivotal moments was I lost my father when I was 13. He passed oh, of lung cancer. So um, and my father, thank you. My father was a young man. He was 36 years old. Um, and so it was baffling to me that I lost my father when I was Understandably so. Yeah, I couldn't understand what was going on, what was happening, why. And then as I moved into getting older and really beginning to understand, you know, what was happening and really knowing that he was going to miss all of the pivotal moments in my life. And I had to find a different way to share that with him because he couldn't physically be here. I started to look at everything that I did for myself personally to move through probably the biggest tragedy a young girl can ever experience. Yes. Right. And I wrote it down. Wow. And in that writing it down, I came up with this roadmap of how I got through. And then I used that roadmap to help other people.
1: Brilliant. Love that. This concept of resilience just fascinates me Um, and I just want to toggle somewhere quickly before we move forward because I know we've got so much to talk about but in your experience having worked with women in domestic violence situations and I mean in South Africa uh, as in many parts of the world but in particular right here on our doorsteps gender-based violence is something that is holding so many women in bondage physically emotionally and otherwise how does one cultivate resilience when you are in a position or in a relationship that is so toxic, um, that is so heartbreaking and destructive? How does one cultivate resilience in and through that?
0: It's a challenge. It's a challenge to, you know, remain optimistic in situations like that, but it's possible. All things are possible. And I think one of the biggest things, one of the most helpful for a woman who's in a situation like that is to really look at her own self-awareness and her own self-discovery and really finding places where she's able to cultivate her own self-care practices. I think a lot of what happens with women, why we end up in a situation that's violent. Um, one, certainly there is a system in place that perpetuates that kind of thing, right? right? So that's the first part of that. We can mm-hmm. never get away from, yep. the system has to change. We have to break down the pieces of of that toxic environment of men owning women and women being seen as property. We have to break that. But even more than that, because not every woman ends up in a situation where she's being abused, right? And even more than that, it's really being Mm self-aware, highly self-aware of who you are, what you want, the vision you have for your life, and then doing the hardest work The hardest work is what I call practicing trauma-informed self-forgiveness. That's the hardest work.
1: Wow. Trauma-informed self-forgiveness.
0: Okay. Wow. Taking a look at the trauma that you've experienced. What's happened from that? What have you allowed because of that trauma? What have you perpetuated because of that trauma? and then forgiving yourself for all of those things that you allowed into your life and into your space because you were operating from a place of trauma rather than from a healed space
1: i love that i love that it's so practical yet so transformative starting with self um in our last episode episode 26 Uh, Our guests spoke about the reason we don't become good leaders is because we're not given tools for self-mastery, which is exactly what you've just been saying. You know, this the self-discovery journey, it really starts with me before I can even move, you know, into that space. And you've touched on an area that I know you're passionate about, which is toxic work environments and workplace bullying. I want us to press pause Expand on that because I think in my role as a mentor and um, just walking a journey with especially younger women entering the workplace or, you know, first couple of jobs, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not that easy to spot what's toxic versus what's a growth experience, right? Because there are some workplaces that are hard to be at. Mm -hmm. but not necessarily at the expense of your personal sense of harmony. How does one find the difference between a growth experience and a toxic working environment?
0: So I think that's harder to spot when the toxicity is subtle, like we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. right? I think it's harder to spot. So one of the things that you want to look at is, am I uncomfortable because this is pushing me past my current personal capacity or am I uncomfortable because this is pushing me into a place that flies against what I believe to be walking in integrity, authenticity and showing up who I am. That's so good. And that's the divide. That's the divide. That's the line, right? That's the line. So if this is just, pushing me past my personal capacity and asking me to change the way that I think, to expand the way that I believe this thing can happen, this situation can be, to move in a place of expansion where I'm opening myself to a possibility of something different, well, that's growth and it's uncomfortable and it's supposed to be. (laughs) Growth is not easy. Growth will always be uncomfortable, but that's growth and that's how you spot it is what is it doing to me? Is it asking me to up-level? That's growth. Good. When we move into toxicity, now this is asking, does this fly in the face of your personal integrity? Does this, is this asking you to show up and be a person that's not who you authentically are, right? Is this asking me to make decisions and to do things in a way that is not in line with my core values? Now we've moved into toxicity.
1: That's so good. That is so helpful. To the listener right now who has done this t- this checklist exercise and can now honestly say, okay, I thought maybe it was growth, <laughs> but it's not. It's toxic. Yeah. Where to from here? Hmm.
0: Well, I am a proponent of bringing what's toxic to the attention of those who are in power in some way. And hoping through this conversation that change occurs. But when I'm coming to this situation with a complaint to say, hey, this is not working. We've got to figure out something different. Let's talk about how this could be better. I'm walking in the door with a solution. So, the first thing that I would say to you is before you set out to complain, find a solution to what is bothering you. Find a solution to what is not working. And when you present the problem, present the solution. So, in nursing, we have what's called an S bar. So, when we call a provider to say, something's going on and this is what I need, we have to S-bar that provider. We have to tell them the situation, we have to give them the background, we have to give them the um, assessment and then what our recommendation is, right? Mm-hmm. So all of this information we give on the phone or you know in an email, however we're sending that to the provider to say, this is what I'm recommending that we do after I've given you all of the information on what's going on with this patient, right? And I recommend that we continue in any realm of where we work to bring situations to light in the exact same way.
1: Thank the last
0: like. thing your boss ever wants to hear is you complain with no resolve because what are you here for?
1: That is excellent. Why I love that so much is because once again, it's speaking to that self-discovery, that self-mastery. It's, it's saying whatever little bit of autonomy I have, I can use this in a way that's proactive instead of just stating the obvious without a way forward. I really right. appreciate that. It's powerful. Um, in your experience as a nurse, you've also journeyed with many sick children and parents of sick children, and you've had to help um, those transition, um, those who are tra- transitioning a loved one. You know, who's dying or yeah. be with a patient who's dying. The impact of grief and loss is so yeah. tangible all around us globally right now in a way that it's never been before. Yeah. Uh, I've got a questioner from a listener. Uh, she would prefer to remain anonymous and she's based in Johannesburg and she writes I feel like I've spent the past year just grieving the loss of loved ones. The pain feels unbearable. But the worst thing is that everyone around me just keeps moving and I feel stuck but unable to do anything about it. It's really starting to impact my work. What can I do? Mm. Do you have anything to offer her?
0: Believe it or not, there's a lot that you can do. And when you're stuck in grief, it often feels like a straight jacket You can't get out of it. You can't get from underneath it. You're not sure how to move forward and you begin to resent the people around you who have figured out a way forward. They figured out how to keep moving in spite of the bad things that are happening. Now, of course, that's not necessarily um, that they figured out how to do it healthy. You know, they may be doing it in a very toxic way where they shut off and that's why they're able to move forward. Mm -hmm. My concern is always to make sure that you're operating in wellness, but you're also deciding that this thing does not have to keep you. It doesn't have to keep a hold of you. And you're right. A lot of us have spent more time these past 18, 19 months, sending our deepest condolences and writing cards and taking food and doing whatever we can for those around us because loss has visited us in a way that it absolutely had not in our lifetime before. And I think it's important for you to start with giving your feelings a voice. Don't bottle them. Give them a voice. Write down how you're feeling. You've got to get to a place where you honor the grieving process and you go through that process, really giving yourself the room and space to write down how I'm feeling and then grieve the loss of what that means for you. The loss of that person. What are you really losing? Because it's not the person that hurts necessarily. It's usually what that person meant to you, what they provided in your life, what you're now going to be missing, given that that person isn't there. Absolutely, It might have been your confidant. They could have been the person who helped you to propel forward. They spoke life into you in times in your life yes. where you just didn't have it to speak to yourself. They helped you in your confidence. Those are the things that we miss. We Mm. miss how a person made us feel and the way that they drew us into themselves and the love that they wrapped us in. Mm. So you have to give yourself the opportunity to grieve the loss of what you're going to miss now. Beautiful. And when you do that, then you come to the other side of it. And this is the harder work. Is you decide that what that person gave you What you're missing, you're now going to be for someone else.
1: That is incredible. I love that. There's just so much there, um, which I think, uh, Anonymous, I hope you were encouraged by that. I know I certainly was. It's crazy, but we're transitioning to the end of the interview. But before we do that, how... Do we build resilience and be able to be that gift to someone else beyond our pain, beyond the hard times that we find ourselves facing right now?
0: Well, there's a few ways that we do that. So first thing that I would say is practicing my four R's of resilience. That is the tenet of how we build resilience and we take what's happening to us and we use it as fuel, right? So the first one of my four R's is relevance. When a situation comes your way, we get to decide, is this situation relevant to me and is there something I need to do with it? Or is it just meant to be a distraction and to knock me off of my square so that I'm not focused and I'm not moving forward? And once we break that situation down and say, okay, I've decided it's relevant. There is something I'm supposed to do with this. Now, the next thing is, is what's our reaction? We don't have control over what happens to us and what happens around us, but we do have extreme control over how we react. Yes, we do. Right? So now we're looking at how am I reacting to this? What is my reaction gonna be? And we do this in business as well. Bad things happen. We lost a client, right? is there some relevance to this or did the client leave because we don't offer the service that they want now, right? Which one is that? So we pick a side and then if we decide that it's relevant now, how am I reacting? What does this look like? What does my reaction to this look like with my client, with my team, with myself? Because if you start off with yourself and I'm hard on myself and i can't believe this. I had this loss and I can't believe this is happening to me. If that's your reaction to you, that's going to be what you project to your team. And then to whoever else is in that sphere of influence in that particular situation. Right. So really checking your reaction. The third one is the reason. What's the reason this is happening? There's always a reason, right? You lost a client and it's because you don't offer the service that they need, right? Okay, so then now I understand that there's a gap in my work and I need to create a solution for this problem that my client has that I wasn't able to provide a solution for previous. So now this is an opportunity for me to grow, okay? And it's the same thing in our personal life. What's the reason this bad thing is happening? Is it because I haven't forgiven myself for past trauma? And I've allowed certain things to happen in my life. And I'm keeping things that no longer serve me around because the chaos is comfortable. And if so, now I understand the reason. Now I need to move into what my responsibility is once I understand those things. That's the fourth R. What am I responsible for? First and foremost, you're always responsible for you, right? So I'm responsible for the way that I show up. I'm responsible for the way that I react. And then you look at what am I responsible for the people around me? So if I'm leading a team, what's my responsibility to them after we've lost this client or after we lost this contract? What does that look like? How do I present this information to them in a way that we're able to S-bar it, right? Figure out what's the situation, the background, what are we assessing that happened, and then what are we recommending that we do to move forward?
1: And that's so good. So, yeah. so good. Sorry, I interrupted
0: you. No, that's just how we can compartmentalize adversity so that it doesn't rob us of our positivity and optimism and of growth, because adversity can either help you grow or it can keep you stunted if you have not decided that you're going to use it as fuel and this is how you break it down and use it as fuel it's creating a meaning around it and really breaking it into pieces to understand this is what happened this is why it happened this is how I'm going to react to this thing and this is my responsibility to myself first and then to those around me so that we don't just bounce back but we bounce forward after this is over
1: I love that. We don't just bounce back, but we bounce forward. There's so much more I'd love to talk to you about, but we're getting to the last section of our interview, which is called Rapid Fire. I think you and I could spend hours talking and you've got so much wisdom to share, but this is like a, we're going to blitz through these. So I'm going to fire a question at you and you're just going to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Are you um, ready? Yes. Yes. A book that's changed the way you think about work.
0: Anything by John Maxwell.
1: A gadget or app that helps you work smarter.
0: Asana. I love Asana. It helps me work. It helps me to compartmentalize things and all of the teams that I work with, we use it. We love it.
1: Your advice to your younger self.
0: Oh, you're enough.
1: One thing you do to overcome distraction.
0: Timer. Like, seriously, kitchen timer.
1: Amazing. Your advice to senior women leaders.
0: Mm. I know the fight's been long. I know it's been hard. You've seen and gone through things that were not okay. That were meant to break you. But we need you. You've earned your seat at the table. Keep fighting.
1: Rashida, it's been fascinating for me and I'm sure people would love to hear more from you. Where can they reach out to you? You host a number of workshops. You're also a coach. How can they reach you?
0: So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook at Rashida Hatchet Media or you can head to my website at rashidahatchetmedia.com. Head there, download your free checklist on how to beat burnout and thrive. Um, It is there for you. Head to my website, grab that. If you are looking for personal um, resilience work, you can also grab my newest book and it's called Sis, It's Time to Thrive, The Unicorn's Guide to Loving Yourself Audaciously. I am available for workshops and coaching. So reach out. I am here and I would love to connect with you.
1: I have been so encouraged by what you've shared. And I know that this is just scratching the tip of the iceberg. There was so much more we could have said. But thank you for your time, for sharing so much of your wisdom with us. And yes, yes, to you, sis, it's time to thrive. Yes,
0: thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here with you. And I am so excited to be talking to the women of South Africa. So thank you for the opportunity.
1: Nobody wakes up thinking, how can I create boring content today? Give your brand a fresh new voice with Audiodacious. For podcasting, voiceovers, audio content, script writing, and content strategy, check out audiodacious.com. You might not always feel resilient. You might not even think of yourself as a resilient person but I hope you've been given a boost in the right direction. This is a life hack that can really stand us all in good stead in these times. To our anonymous listener in Johannesburg and to anyone else going through grief right now, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, and I hope this episode has given you at least some tools to help you build resilience as you navigate through your loss. And you don't have to do it alone find a friend you can talk to visit a grief counselor or call sadag an organization that offers free counseling you can find them on sadag.org i wish you well my sister thanks for sharing your question with us if you have a question you'd like us to address on the show send us a whatsapp on plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven Or visit HungryWomenAtWork.com where you can also find past episodes, blogs and other interesting tips in one place. Before I leave you to live your best resilient life, would you please take a moment to subscribe to Hungry Women at Work on Google or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Also, please share the episode with your friends, family or colleagues. I am so grateful you tuned in today. Till next time. Keep thriving at work without losing your soul.